The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev. Are we allowed to mention it? We've waited till now. Surely we can. Well, that does depend entirely on whether you've waited correctly until 2pm. Well, i tell you what, I, I've waited to the extent that um, I released this podcast manually. I did not trust doing it by the clock <laughs> because sometimes the clocks in America, and I'm not quite sure where the servers are for our host. Uh, yeah. So there can be, I mean, we've got GMT going on and some parts of America don't go back until this weekend. So I didn't trust it, Kev. I did it manually. Yeah. I, I set an alarm and did it manually. Yeah. So I know it, I, I, always... I know I know it's gone out at the right time is is whether we're allowed to mention it. Yeah, we can mention it now. XT5 it's officially 2 p.m. on the 2nd of November 2022 mm-hmm. and the XT5 has been announced at uh the X Summit in uh Japan yeah. which I was part of. Yeah. So my little uh 8 minutes of video which they probably trimmed down to about 30 seconds should be available <laughs> at some point. Although interestingly I've been seeing the 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 banner all over the internet where they've been advertising the X Summit and they've, they've been using my picture of Tokyo that I took on my XM1 back in 2013. Blimey, your award winner. My award winner, yeah. You're the one I won winner. an X100S exactly four <laughs> days after I bought one. Oh, <laughs> Just what you needed. Well, the XT5 is at last out. The Fujicast. And we can talk about it without Kev getting in trouble. You have had your dirty, grubby Welsh mitts all over it, though, haven't you? I have not for long, but I did. Yeah, wow. yeah, a few days, per- yeah, six days or so. Per- yeah. Perish the thought. Um, somebody's going to buy that particular model, and it would have been mullinsed. It won't have been in a bag with dividers. You'll notice the one. It will be scratched to smithereens. <laughs> did you like it? Was it good? Did it do everything you wanted it to? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, we will have Andreas on a little bit later on the show to talk us through a bit more about it. But yeah, I, I, it's effectively it's smaller than the XT4, which yeah. I thought was interesting. What? Uh, yeah, it's it's slightly lighter. Um, it's gone back to the XT3 tilty screen for those people that wanted that, right. which there was a lot. I did not, by the way. I preferred the one on the XT4. Yep. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I actually, so I took it to Japan with me. Obviously, it was a prototype, but it, you know, it worked. It didn't, didn't let me down. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I was, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's, I would say, probably um, the perfect XT style camera mm. that, that they've ever done. And of course, it's always going to be better than the previous one, mm. but, you know, they've kind of, they've gone back to that, you know, to the XT3 stylish looking feel the only thing i don't get though kev is the yeah. tilty screen thing the xt4 had the one yeah. that the x h2s has got yeah 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 sim yes pretty much so it seems a bit of a backward step to go to the other one well yes and no i so essentially i think there was enough hee-haw on the internet people clamoring for the xt3 right. tilty screen uh, we've seen it in the Facebook group and all sorts of things. So I think by and large, like most people, like if you took a straw poll, I'd say most people would say, no, prefer the X-T3 the tilty ar- screen to the X-T4 one. The articulation was better with the X-H2S and the X-T4 one. E- well, it depends what you use it for, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's 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 that kind of being able to flip it out and look vertical and all that kind of stuff. It's There's a lot more fiddling about with your hands to do that with the, the one on the X-T4 and the one on the X-H2s. So yeah, they've they've essentially, in my like my personal opinion, is they've made the XT five. <laughs> it's very confusing, there, isn't it? Mm. They've made the XT five, um, you know, properly with photographers in mind. It does very good video. It does like six K and all that kind of stuff. But 
I, whereas I think I think they've they've kind of made that separation now with the XH2s. They've made the separation between that and um, you know stills camera for the XT5. Whereas the XT4 was that kind of in the middle, wasn't it? It kind of mm-hmm. came before the XH2s's and XH2 and all that kind of stuff. And it, it you know it was it had this amazing video functionality, and so they put a tilt screen with a selfie facing thing in majiggy. Mm-hmm. And all that so i think they were kind of trying to do the best of both worlds with that and i i like that screen i like that tilt screen i like the fact that it's flush and all that kind of stuff but you know it is what it is and uh but the xt5 i have to say is lovely you know especially you know, that nice lovely 40 megapixel sensor is uh, yeah. pretty beautiful well andreas I, will be along later yes, I, was, I was about to say andreas is going to come and do all the tech details for us isn't he yeah so we'll let him do all the gorgeousness uh, very shortly. The X-T5, though, is out. Anything else out that we're allowed to talk about? 30mm macro lens. Right. Do I need to hide that in the cupboard? Have you brought me one? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that, actually. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't really have a need for that lens, but, uh, yeah, I think... We well, do, because you do have a need for macro lens, because I have yours. Oh, well, I know you've got my 60mm one, <laughs> yeah, but I here. don't need 30mm one. Here it is, Kevin. Yeah. It's here. Look, there it is. It's in my cupboard. <laughs> nice and warm and safe. Is my 35 there as well? Oh, we'll have a look. Uh, I'm not allowed to say it's embargoed till next year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's as far as I'm aware, that's all. But who knows? Who knows? Because the actual thing, as we are releasing this, is going on right now. So I don't know is the ultimate answer, but I'm pretty sure that XT5 30mm are going to be the the headliners. Hmm. And I reckon, uh, so this is my my kind of... um, what was her name? Mystic Meg. This is my Mystic Meg moment. Oh, right. I okay. think, yeah. I think the X-T5 will probably, possibly, mm. maybe, mm. potentially mm. be the best-selling camera Fuji film ever made. Really? How much? How much, oh, Kev? How um, much? 11 <laughs> 11 right. Okay. Uh, at least 11 right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very... No, I think, I think yeah. it's going to fly, I have to say. Do you, do you, do you think it's sort of... Um, uh, do you think the XH2S and it, do you think there's room in the relationship for both of them? Yeah. I mean, so I'm in that, I, I'm in that, that circle right now where I have an XT4, I have an X Pro 3, an XT4, and a XH2S. Well, actually, the sensor is different. I know it's a 40 megapixel versus one in the 20s. So the XH2, maybe I should rephrase that. Do you think the XH2 and the XT5, there's room in room in the relationship for both? Uh, yes, kind of. I think potentially. I don't have an XH2. I have an XH2S. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at this situation now where I, I have no... Uh, it's the wrong time of the year for me to start buying stuff again mm. um so i i'm kind of my my mind even though i love the xh2s in terms of its speed mm. i don't love the xh2s well you don't like mm. the the pasm dial and all that sort of stuff do i you? don't like the pasm dial i don't like the fact that it doesn't have a focus switch no. i don't like the fact that the iso thingy doesn't you know isn't isn't kind of on the dial yeah um, it's got lots of things I, about it that you don't like, I know. Yeah, and but I do love the performance. I mean, yeah. the perform. I, I photographed an Indian wedding on the weekend, and it was one of those ones that was uh, had a two day a two day part, and it was very kind of sedate on the first day, and then the second day when they did the party in was insane. And I used my XH2S, and I basically shot the shit out of that dance floor. And um, is, that the, the official, it, is that the official technical phrase? That's the official word. Yeah, and the the the, the images are just phenomenal yeah yeah 
Um, Auto-focusing your your way through that, I would assume. Yes, exactly. Or continuous focus. Sorry, yeah. With the XH2S, it's 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 phenomenal. Now the XT5 is faster than the XT4 at focus. Definitely, I can I can basically guarantee that because I use them. It doesn't feel as quick as the XH2S, which I don't think it's meant to be. Um, So I'm at this point where. Part of me, part of me, there's a little bit of me that's regretting buying the XH2S, I have to say. Uh, and I kind of wished that I'd waited for the XT5 or knew it was coming. Yeah. But ultimately, what I really want, what I really, really want is a zigzag. No, what I really, really want is a new X Pro camera. But yeah. I have no idea. I mean, if we look at the timelines, uh, like if you look at history, X Pro, I think, would technically would be 2024. So, you know... But isn't there a new X100 due next year? Uh, I think if you look at the timeline again, that's 2024 as well yeah, i'm yeah. not i'm not 100 sure but yeah no, no, i mean sorry no, we're, we're in 2022 so i meant 2024. we're in 2022 yeah I, so I'm, I'm ahead of myself kev so normally i'd be you know normally when all the new sensors and everything come out I, i'm kind of like dragging my heels a bit and thinking mm. uh, x pro they'll put that in an x pro they'll put that in an x pro but it feels like that's a little bit of a, a way away so mm. you know i'm really like when i shoot my x pro 3 and compare it to the xh2s it's it's like it's like driving the X Pro Three is like driving a beautiful old Morgan hand-built car that's a joy to get in. You know, you crank it up, you you drive off, and it's beautiful. It smells lovely. It touches. It's just tactile Stop and beautiful. It. Everything about it is Stop lovely. It. Uh, compared to like a Tesla, which mm. is ugly and horrible and terrible things, but what? it's fast. <laughs> but it has nice doors. I like the Gullwing, Kev. I like the Gullwing thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't actually. I don't know why I picked Tesla. I shouldn't have picked Tesla. Ba- yeah. <laughs> other, other bad cars are available. <laughs> it's just not your favourite. I know. I, I, the reason why I picked Tesla is because today I sat on the A three three eight for approximately four and a half hours when I left a commercial job at eight a.m. this morning, and I was behind a Tesla. Were you? Well, that's not yeah. the Tesla's fault. No, it's, it's not. It wasn't his fault Tesla. or her fault. That's true. But oh. I just stared, stared at the badge. And then I got thinking about Elon Musk and Twitter, and that made me angry. Anyway, why, uh, all why, that aside. So, why why are you angry written. about Elon Musk having Twitter? Oh. Uh, or should I, I not start you? I would. Don't don't open that <laughs> can of worms. No. Uh, I think we just got to settle here and then. It is what it is. It is what it is. He wasn't born in America, was he? Who wasn't? Elon, we're both really tired. Elon Musk. <laughs> does it make does it make any difference? Yes, it Why? does because does he can't stand difference? to be president if he's not born in America. But he's not trying to be but, president. He's, he's oh, <laughs> you're right. He wants to be president of the world, doesn't he? I'm sure of it. <laughs> maybe the he, maybe he's the, born in South Africa. I just looked it up. Maybe the Galactica. Yeah, but but not America. So no, well, let's le- let's would. leave Elon Musk there. <laughs> yeah. But so XT5 is out. That's fantastic news. And, yes. Uh, uh, and coming along on platform three soon will be uh, uh, will be our Andreas who's going to tell us much 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 more about it. Yeah, I'm not talking to Andreas anyway. Why? Why? You've got to. You're interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when we came back from Japan, 15 yeah. hours, he yeah. fell asleep. We were in the bulkhead, so we had the the legroom stuff, yeah. and he fell asleep on my little TV thing. So you, you know, the, the, the arm when you're at the front rather than in front of you. Were you right at the front of the aircraft? No, 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 no. We were at the front of like the section we were sitting in. Oh, right. Okay. No beds. Oh, I thought, yeah. But right, okay. Just out of pure luck, we, we were allocated the 
the seats at the, the, not the bulkhead, the, you know, the, with more leg room anyway. Right. And, uh, he immediately, before we even took off, fell asleep on my armrest. <laughs> so I spent the next 12 hours staring at a white wall waiting for him to wake up again. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to wake him up in case he shouted at me. Well, at least like, you got the chance to go. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame you didn't go. It was brilliant. You'd have loved know, it. I know. I would have loved it. I'm not sure I would have loved eating that fish that can kill you, but there we go. That's... Oh, eating it was nice. It was the eight hours afterwards waiting yeah, to see whether it killed you or not. Let's all wait to see if you're going to wake up the next day. Um, right. We have to say thank you. Before we start on the letters, I know that was quite a long start to the show, but um, we needed to talk about the XT5. It has been launched. Um, pick time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pick time are with us for at least another month, which is fantastic. And uh, we both use them. And if you think, what is pick time? I've not been with you for the last couple of months. Uh, they, uh, well, they have an amazing. It's gallery software for for your or showware, if you like, for for your fantastic images that you make when you're out there being a photographer, so that you can sell uh, and make prints and make books and make uh, frames and and you can integrate. Well, you were telling me the clever stuff. You can send people reminders of when their anniversary is coming up and sell upon a sell. And we both use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. So um, they are the, one of the the, the automations really are the thing that I've had a few emails about this. So since we've been talking about pick time and you know why would i use that over you know like just sending a dropbox link of the images and everything um and the answer of course is ultimately it's a way of delivering your images to your clients that's fine um you know i've just i've just literally paid for my year's renewal um on pick time and you know it's 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 not an inexpensive service you know you do you, you 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 probably need to be a professional photographer to justify it um, but justify it, 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 it's easy to do because it makes its money back. Um, but mostly through things like the, um, rolling automations and all that kind of stuff, you, you know, you just press a button, say, right, do the rolling automation. And so it will, you know, after a few days, you can say, right, send the people who have, uh, logged in, uh, the guests, you know, send them an email saying 30% off any orders for the next 10 days or whatever. And then, you know, in, in four weeks time, you can say, you know, don't forget your 30% off and all of that kind of stuff. And then in a year's time or just before the year, it will send them another thing saying your gallery is going to be um, moved to archived. You can order your stuff now. And when they archive it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go away. It's still there. Um, but it's, you know, it's just a way of, of gently nudging people into into buying stuff um but well, the, yeah. the delivery of it is just beautiful and the, and the gallery that you make i mean if somebody says well why don't i just send it out by dropbox or we transfer and so on yeah. so on, uh, so forth fine yeah but being able to show your work in a proper gallery where you can highlight yeah. some stuff larger than other stuff is really important yeah uh, and I, it just looks absolutely stunning yeah. That's, that's ultimately they've just done a, a whole load of updates to the f- um, slideshows as well so there's all kinds of different options for layouts and various other things with the slideshows that yeah. uh, are really nice i really like that as well um and you can uh, something i wasn't aware of actually is you can you can use the slideshow to create one of those funny things on instagram what they call it a story or whatever I'm yeah one of those vertical things oh, okay. uh, all the kids watch well, <laughs> scrolling on instagram all right granddad <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but it's good yes so yeah pick time thank you for supporting us and uh go you to. can get months free yes. with the code fujicast yeah, if, you, yeah, if you go to pick time.com on that front um talking about automated things this is probably a good time to uh, have our first question from brad wakefield but he has not just one a few questions 
He hasn't written for so long that he's getting a few in there. I've been on... Now, I can't... I can't. Is it Imagion or Imagine or Imogen? Who's Imogen? AI this year. And it's made a huge difference to my workflow, my delivery time to my clients. Is this something you've tried? I've managed to deliver weddings within 10 days now during busy periods. Last year, my backlog was 8 to 12 weeks. I'm still having to go over each image, but for the most part, just straighten the horizons. I, I think it's sped up my editing by five hours. So go on then, because you've been using it. I haven't. Uh, and you are very impressed with it. Yeah. So, well, I am impressed with it. Absolutely. And we, I remember we had a question about this mm. uh, sometime last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe even been the year before, I don't know. But I remember both of us coming to the conclusion, neither of us had used it, coming yeah. to the conclusion that, uh, no, no, you can't automate editing. And, uh, you know, yeah. which is very different to having an editor do it for you because obviously they work with you and style and all that. Um, you know, and so we both kind of went, mm, no, humph, humph, humph. we'll carry on doing it our way. Um, it'll never replace film. It'll never replace film. Yeah. <laughs> We were in the war. Um, and so over time, sometime um, would have been, for me, would have been definitely this year. It wouldn't have been last year. So probably at the beginning of this year, I started investigating it. So it's imagine-ai. And how, how do you spell the imagine? Because it's really... I-M-A-G-E-N. Imagine. I've been up so long. Imagine. I'm having to think of everything really carefully. Uh, yes, imagine. No, I've just got powering the future of primary care on that one. I don't know if what? I need primary care. Let's uh, it's E-N, not A-N, sorry. So it's I-I-I-M-A-G-E-N hyphen A-I dot com. Yes. Right, which won't take me to my primary care site. No, although it does primarily care for us. Ba-boom. Yeah, that's true. So essentially what it does, in a nutshell, is there's two ways you can use it. Um, and I've been using it and like Brad, it, it does definitely help and speed things up massively. So you can build your own profile, which it learns from. How does it do uh, that? I mean, this is AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah. But how many, what do you have to do to, for it to learn so your style? You, you have to have a word with it or send your wife down to have a word with it? You have to, <laughs> so you have to upload 5,000 edited images, right? Right. Which is quite a, quite a challenge. However, it constantly learns. So let's just say you've got a favorite preset, mm -hmm. right? So let's just say you've got one of the old VSCO presets or something like that, and you always use it. But the one thing you're, you struggle with is, is things like the stuff you do before you add a preset, which is white balance, um, saturation, uh, clarity, shadows, highlights, all of the stuff that's unique to every single image, which you should yeah. be applying before you would do, you would apply your preset. You essentially upload your images and it learns what your editing style is, mm. i.e. looking at the, you know, the, the color contrast, all of that kind of stuff. And it, it will, I mean, I won't say it's a hundred percent perfect with things like white balance and stuff like that, but it's 99% perfect. So it will do all of the heavy lifting for you. So uh, what, what is, I mean, we, we have quite awkward light. I, mean, I suppose everybody would say we have awkward light here as well. But but um, let me give you an example. Swindon Registry Office, mm -hmm. a Saturday afternoon in the winter at 4.45 when they've got mixed lighting in there as well. 
What's it going to do with the with the, the the white balance? Or has it done so much work with tens of thousands of images that it that it's worked out how to deal with Swindon no, registry office? No, but what it will do is it will do it better than you, and it will do it more consistently better than you. Right. So you're right about things like really tricky light and everything. Sometimes you still need to go. So I, I did a wedding in Barnsley House a couple of weeks, uh, well, end of September, right. uh, end of October. What month is it now? Yeah, no, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago anyway. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was dark, multiple light sources, all that kind of stuff. I've just finished editing the wedding and every, literally everything up until that dance floor stuff, I had to do very, very little to. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm kind of, I do pretty strong crops and things like that. So I do that myself manually. Yep. You can tell it to do the cropping for you. Really? Yeah. And, and it will do straightening and all that stuff. But ultimately what you, the way that I use it, it, it is a, uh, there's a section on there called talents, right? And there's like 15 or 20. Oh, I noticed, Mullins, you're, you're one of the talents. I am, but we don't need to talk about that. There are lots of other people on there. So yes. let, let's just say, right, you love, as an example, let's just say you love um, Yu Vance s- okay, Styles. Right. Yu Vance Zanazarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. who is an amazing photographer. Yes. Everybody's probably heard of him if you're yep. a wedding photographer. Yep. Let's just say you love the way his images are edited. Mm. So you could pick his talent profile when you upload, and then you don't need to upload 5,000. So you can just, you do your selections, Mm -hmm. you drop your, let's say there's 400 raw files, you drop your 400 raw files into Lightroom. You don't do anything, nothing. Don't edit, don't do a thing at that point, right? Your 400 raw files go in. You then go to the Imagine AI uploader, Mm -hmm. you point it to your Lightroom catalog, and then you choose the Eurovent talent profile. Or if you want black and white, you could choose mine. Um, and it goes up to the cloud. That takes it. So the way it works is it creates, if you haven't created um, smart previews, it will create those as it's uploading them. So it's not uploading 400 raw files. It, it creates the smart previews and uploads them. So it's a lot quicker than, than what, you, what you might imagine. And then within about five minutes, often quicker, it sends you a uh, notification. You go back to the app, you press a button, uh, it, it downloads them all back into your Lightroom catalog. And they will look like your events or the black and whites might look like mine, or you might like for, for Hurasti's images, which are beautiful. Mm. It's essentially doing the heavy lifting for you and, and uh, doing the style. Now, not everybody, in fact, I would imagine a lot of people who use this tool don't use the talent profiles. I always have done all the way through it. Um, I don't know the numbers or anything like that, but I, you know, a lot of people I think will have their own editing style that they've had for years and years and years. They will upload their 5,000 initial ones. It creates a profile. And then what happens is over time, as you carry on editing, it download, you know, you download your first job after your 5,000 and you think, okay, it's not quite right. So I'm going to make my adjustments, make my adjustments. And then you just say, right, upload these again. And then it learns from that. And then it keeps learning, keeps learning, keeps learning, keeps learning. But seriously, time saving wise, it is absolutely phenomenal. I think I've used the word phenomenal about twelve times on this show already. Can I ask about the money? What does it cost? Uh, so you pay per image, effectively. You can do like a monthly subscription thing, but that doesn't work for me. So it's five cents per photo. Five cents per. Are you sure? So over the over the time I've been using it, so I looked at my September one. I had five weddings in September. Yeah. All of them went through Imagine AI, yeah. and then at the end of the month, it sends you a bill. Obviously, just takes it off your debit card, credit card. Yeah. And my my for my five uh, weeks, well, my five weddings was seventy eight US dollars. Shut the front door. Of course, the the pound was on the floor, so it ended up being about three thousand pounds. No, <laughs> didn't. But, yeah. So uh, yeah, seventy eight US dollars was my my fee. My that's what they charged me that month. What do you think, Bouquet Chicken?
Yeah, I'm surprised too. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I'm not, I don't like the whole idea of artificial intelligent photography, you know, when you can like type into a search engine, create an image of a... This is one, this is one one step towards it though, Mr. Mullins. But but this is, no, I don't think so. I think this is, I think this is a very clever way of using AI editing stuff. Adobe have been developing this technology for a very long time. I have no idea what's going on in the back end of Imagine AI, but I presume that they're, you know, they've, they've got some very, very clever software engineers who are creating this. So Adobe is sitting there to, to, to slap it onto Lightroom. This is available through Imagine. It's extraordinary. I mean, I'm looking at the, the, yeah, I'm looking at the pictures now. I sent you one of mine, didn't I? That I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't touch that image. You said you'd not touched it at all. And it didn't touch it. And it came back as a beautiful, beautiful black and white. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Brad had other questions, although we could talk about Imagine. I'm sure we'll come back to that, actually. It would be good to know if you have been using it, somebody else out there in the the podcast sphere using it, what you think of it. What you think? Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Let us know. And, uh, and, and unlike pick time, mm. <laughs> imagine aren't helping us out. So it's, uh, I'm just telling you my, my usage of it. Um, but I do know a lot of people who, who are using it now. Yeah. Um, Brad says, I'm a Canon shooter, but I'm getting frustrated with cameras getting smaller. I'm finding my hands are aching after work. Fuji <laughs> cameras are even smaller. How do you both get on? Oh, I think. Like the X-T5. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting, isn't it? That, that, um, you need a larger camera for your hands not to ache as much. That's what he's suggesting, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, you have to use the tools that work for you, don't you? It's a very valid point. It's- I think this is why I like the X-H2 and the X-H1, because mm. the grip on it is far more, um, I'm far more used to it. It's far more and substantial I, grip. Yeah, and, 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 and I've, I've always found the X-T and the, as, well, the X-Pro, definitely, but even though I like the X-Pro, I've always found they're a bit too small. And, and clasping your hand at the end, of, I'm doing it now. Yeah, it, it is a bit towering. Brad's right. It is, but, you know, one of the things I've noticed since I started using the X-H2S is that I'm feeling it again. I'm feeling like my hands ache when I use the X-H2S because it's bigger and I'm having to hold it and you know, wrap my, thing, my fists around it, all that kind of stuff. And for some people, that's going to be better. And for others, it's not going to be so good. Mm. So, you know, it's six, one and a half dozen the other, that's for sure. And, I, I you know, I do know many people who prefer bigger, bulkier, like Canon 1DX type size cameras yeah, yeah. Uh, for that very reason. And it's very valid. You You're going to have to keep buying your big Canons then, Brad, so you don't I, get too frustrated. Yeah, keep the Canons going. I, uh, you know, the reason why I was first attracted to Fujifilm at the time was because they were smaller. I, I was sick to death of having a bad back and neck ache and everything from carrying a 1DX and a five, what was then a 5D Mark II and and you know, the lenses and everything. And that, that was the, the reason why I was attracted to Fujifilm in the first place. I loved the fact that everything was smaller and, you know, much easier for me to carry and, and handle. But for other people, that's not the case. The other day I met a, a chap that is a, a newspaper um, photographer and he showed me, he'd, he'd built this sort of leather rig um, for holding his cameras by. His, and he had th- these two 1DXs with uh, big lenses, L, L lenses on them. And I have to say, they were so heavy. I said, you can't be serious that you're carrying these around all day. He said, yeah, I am. It's just, I'm used to it. I like the weight. He says it feels balanced. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, but when you need to it, build- I, it, I compare it to playing guitar, yeah, right? Okay. I think, you know, some people like big full-size guitars. Other people like Ed Sheeran, for example, uses a three-quarter size guitar because it works better for him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It works for Ed. It'll work for you. Yep. Um, do you wear ears? I told you I had a few questions. This is going to take us up to the interview, by the way. Do you wear <laughs> ear protection during the first dance and stroke or party? Now, 
I do carry ear protection with me, but you know, I'm really bad and I don't always wear it. Uh, no, I and don't. No, I should. I know I should because I, I do suffer from. Uh, well, we both do to an extent, don't we? Have uh, with tinnitus. Tinnitus, yeah, oh, I definitely have tinnitus, but yeah, I don't. Um, I have to say, this this Indian wedding I did on the weekends, the da- uh, the, the dancing was out of this world, and it was one of the, it was an afternoon, it wasn't even an evening. Uh, it was absolutely incredible, and they had an amazing uh, DJ, and that was really very, very, very loud, like vibrating, bet, yeah. she, vibratingly yeah. loud. Yeah. But I was, I loved the music, you know, I really, I loved, I loved all of that that kind of music. So I, I don't, I have in the past on occasions actually um which sounds really rude now when i think about it but i've 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 plugged in my my headphones into my phone and listened to my own music during the dancing so you're listening to your own country music <laughs> <laughs> why are all these people dancing completely out of time with the music that's because yeah. you're listening to different music ear protectors yeah. where you can still hear the music um there was an ear protector can you imagine if we like wore ear defenders like the little babies they bring onto the dance floor those ear defenders when it's first dance time (laughs) hang on hang on don't do your first dance yet hang on i just gotta go and get something oh what are you doing kev changing lens no i need my ear defenders yeah don't want to listen to your music i'm listening to my own oh uh, unfortunately it's not here but there is they're little silver ones they're fantastic and they just they filter frequencies whilst you can still hear everything going on um and you don't damage your hear your ears your ears your ears uh, but i can't find them here i must try if i do find them i'll um, let you have a link so you can put it in the show notes yeah, that but, sounds that sounds quite interesting. Are they little? Yeah, they are little. Just pop them in your ears. Yeah. The other thing about it is, and thinking They're again so back good. to this this recent wedding is, I do find that like if I if I'm if it's really really bouncing, then you can predict more of where people are going to be, what they're going to do. You can feel the the crescendo of the music, and and I, I like to use that to mm. to kind of make a sequence of images that kind of That's follow true. the beat, if that makes true. sense. Not that they're going to get the music in their photo film, but mm. it does help being able to hear it. Do you have any? Uh, there's, there's only two more questions now. Do you have any <laughs> secret hacks that you use at weddings? I use a chamois cloth to clean my camera if it gets wet, and I always make sure I've got a packed lunch just in case I don't get fed. Secret hacks. Well, I suppose a packed lunch is a good one. I just carry a banana and a chocolato bar. Well, do you know, I used to always take roasted peanuts because I love them. Yeah. And then once, in fact, it was uh, one of the regular listeners to the show. I was second shooting for another photographer for Paul at his wedding. And I, I'd said on Instagram that I always take peanuts. And he said, oh, please don't bring them to our wedding because we've got people there who are highly intolerant to them. Oh I've never taken peanuts anywhere and don't take them just in case. Well, I never thought like, about yeah, that. It's a bit like when you get on an airliner and they say, we will not be serving peanuts today because somebody on, on, on the airline. Yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah. I um, I take spare pants, Kev. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> to, yeah, and um, I know... I don't know. I've always, I've, my mum said years ago, always carry spare pants. Um, but spare trousers are not a bad idea because, and I remember Paul, um, uh, was it Paul Rogers? I'm pretty sure it was Paul Rogers. Don't tell me he <laughs> himself at a wedding. <laughs> no, Kev! <laughs> no, <laughs> he did not. <laughs> he, but he did bend over and. And he ripped his trousers, and that's a difficult thing to thing to to come back from. So <laughs> you're tickled by that idea, aren't you? 
Paul, Paul, I will have serious words I'm with sorry, Kevin Paul. a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so spare trousers, spare belt, uh, and and the spare little thing that you uh, connect the spider holster to. I carry one of those as well. Shall I move on? Do you follow? Do you follow up on uh, <laughs> on, in, on <laughs> Do you follow through on inquiries? <laughs> <laughs> while, while we're on the subject, <laughs> are you sneezing or are you dying in the background? <laughs> uh, right, I, I, need to, I need to look at something to concentrate. Oh dear, do you follow up on inquiries? <laughs> yes, is the answer to that. I do. Yeah, it's important to. Although I do have five or six at the moment that have been in the uh, in the inbox the last couple of days because I'm still I'm nearly there, Kev. That <laughs> new website is almost there. Oh, yeah, I keep looking. Every day I look. No, I add at least one image every day. <laughs> but actually, I've sold two weddings since I've um, since I've changed the website. Hasn't got the full, has not got the full uh, gallery up. It's about as simple as a website can be. It's one wedding gallery and a contact thing, and I've sold two weddings in the last couple of weeks. So it, it is doing the business to an extent. Do you follow- I don't follow up my inquiries, I, unless it's an inquiry that I think, oh, really like the same to that. Mm. I just I send if I don't hear back from them I just think yeah they are the, don't like the pricing or have changed their mind <laughs> oh, they, somebody don't, else. they don't like me they don't like don't the Mullins me. right that was uh, to Paul. <laughs> they have no, don't blame them three pence Paul <laughs> please don't be rude you're quite right Donald <laughs> he needs telling off right let's uh, let's get out of this place Let's have a let's have a chat with somebody who's who's far more serious than you are at the moment. Who's got his he's got his finger on the pulse of the brand new camera, the XT5. This is a, a when Kevin spoke to moment. When Kevin spoke to Andreas. Uh, it is uh, the second of November, twenty twenty-two. If you're listening to this in the future, and today Fujifilm have announced the. XT5 and the 30mm macro lens. Uh, so let's start with the XT5. I, as people will already know by now, have uh, have used a prototype version of it. I liked it. I, you know, it's very, to me, it's much more XT3 styled rather than the XT4 in terms of the hump and the viewfinder, the LCD on the back, etc. But just just go through go through for us, Andreas. What are the uh, like the key specifications that that's going to make this camera a uh, flagship, which I think it probably will be. So um, the XT5, if we think of the heart and the brains, starts life with the um, forty megapixel Xtrans CMOS five HR sensor that we first saw in the XH two, um, and the X processor five that we first saw in the XH two S and the XH two. Right? Okay, so that's the heart and the brains of the camera. Um, so super high level, um, same as the flagship XH series cameras. Right? Then we find it. Um, situated in a body that's more traditional, so XT, T for traditional, with the ISO dial, your drive dial underneath that, your shutter dial, um, your still movie switch, um, your exposed compensation, and then sort of like less of a pronounced hand grip um, that we know from the GFX and the XH series, um, and more sort of like traditional sort of like top plate. Central viewfinder, because it's SLR style, and then back to a three-way tilting LCD uh, touchscreen that we first saw all bit on the X-T2, actually, mm. um, but then evolved in X-T3, et cetera, et cetera. So 
XT series, obviously we started life with the XT1 back in 2014, and it's just an evolution of them. So we've had T1, um, which was our first weather resistant SLR style, um, really, really hit the ground running in terms of all those traditional dials. Then we evolved it to XT2 in 2016, um, up the pixel count, um, and then to like increase the the video features, the continuous shooting with the battery group boost modes and things like that. Refined it a little more in the XT3. XT4 brought features like in-body image stabilization, as well as a very angle screen, love it or hate it. And with the XT5, we've gone back to a traditional um, three-way tilt screen, which will probably be um, whoops and hurrahs right now. Um, but ultimately, because we've ex because we've got the um, XH series, which have got the very angle screen, and they're designed for the hybrid shooter, we've been able to split out that requirement that the xt4 was trying to hit both markets in terms of traditional dials but with so like preference of hybrid shooters with that very angle screen but xt5 can be that photography first type camera um, yeah. with the dials and so like the screen in the more that, traditional way that's the kind of impression i got from it was that they've they've you know when we had the xh1 there was which was like this kind of peculiar camera that came that was a hybrid of video and stills and all of that kind of stuff and uh, and for me, I didn't really, it didn't seem to know where it was meant to sit. Yeah. Um, because the timing and the sensors and all that kind of stuff. And now it feels like to me that the XH line is, or certainly mostly aimed to, I've got an XH2S, as you know, and I use it for stills, but it is mostly kind of rooting down that kind of film hybrid direction. Yeah. Whereas the XT5, they've gone back and, as you said, thinking kind of photography first, perhaps. Yeah, the, the easiest way is that the naming H stands for hybrid, and we've got two options in that front. You go for either a speed hybrid in the XH2S, where the focusing speed, there's like the the codecs in terms of the 4K video and things like that are, are more inclined to, to video, but also you've got the resolution hybrid, the XH2 with the 8K video as well as the everything. So so you don't need to pick hybrid or you, you just need to pick hybrid or traditional, and the T stands for traditional. So going back to the um, so the LCD, right? The the, yeah. the very angle LCD that for some reason was something that just kept coming back to bite us on the, on the podcast. People kept writing in saying they didn't like the the LCD, um, the tilt angle screen on the XT4. Now I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Like I I'm I'm kind of disappointed myself personally that we've gone back to that version. But I know I'm a minority. I have to say. Yeah. I'm definitely a minority, um, and, and it's probably just because I've used the XT4 uh, for so long that I'm used to it. Mm. Um, but it's slightly different, isn't it, in that it doesn't have that quirky feature that the XT3 had where it gets stuck under the eye cup. I think it pulls out. No, it, it feels different. like it's a much smoother mechanism. I think it's actually the mechanism that we uh, evolved for the GFX camera, so so it doesn't get stuck and what have you. It's a, it's a much smoother, much nicer mechanism, I think, than the XC3, or it might just be one of those psychological things because you've got something new and shiny in your hand and you've been told it's the best thing since the last one that was the best thing, um, <laughs> that, that it is actually the best thing. So, no, I think that, that everyone who was an XT2 user never upgraded for an XT3 because they thought the resolution wasn't a big enough bump. Everyone that was an XT3 user that didn't upgrade to XT4 because of the things that we've mentioned i think the xt5 ticks the box for for every generation of xt user um viewfinder has been been improved slightly from the xt4 and that is a 0.8 magnification we've still got the ibis um the ethos the the, the challenge that the engineers set to the designers was designers set to the engineers rather was to try and make the camera as small as possible 
Mm. So actually, dimensions are more like the XT1 dimensions yeah. in terms of width and height, um, with the only exception being that the depth of the camera, because you have to accommodate that bigger battery which now is good for almost 700 shots well i i mean i went uh when i was in japan i i didn't change battery once no and I, I shot two and a half thousand pictures yeah but then i don't yeah. use the lcd much then you're not reviewing all your images yeah you're, you're switching it off in between usages and things like that and yeah we 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 walked for what seemed like half a million mi uh, miles <laughs> on some days um and yeah just 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 snapped away very very happily but no this we we are very um proud of all of our cameras to be perfectly honest but but the xc5 we think that a lot of our users will, will be happy as well until the next one so let's so we know it's got the new 40 megapixel sensor we know yep. it's got ibis all of that kind of stuff and and the ibis i think is slightly improved over the xt4 one in terms of yeah it's, a, it's seven stops so it's the same ibis mechanism as we saw on the xh2 so so it brings a lot of those functions down to like slightly in in price point um the key thing to, to mention is that the X-T5, in terms of price, you're looking at £16.99. You're looking at €19.99. You're looking at $16.99, which, as we know, it excludes sales tax. Um, so it hits a very, very keen price point, slightly higher than the X-T4, but it does have a lot more resolution, does have a lot more features, better battery life, better video functionality as well. So um, we, we think that it really does tick, tick all the boxes for the photographer. So most people obviously think about the, the 40 megapixel sensor and then the next thing that's going to go through their mind is speed, focus speed, AF yeah. speed. So compared to, it's not going to be the same as the XH2S because it doesn't have the stack sensor. But in terms of comparing it to something like the X-T4, it's improved? Yeah, I mean, um, focus speed is, a, is an interesting one because what actually changes and matters is actually the tracking ability. The processor is, is massively improved versus the X-T4 sensor that processor speed obviously makes everything run quicker the sensor itself is actually the same speed but because you've got a quicker processor because you've got much quicker algorithms work and much newer and quicker algorithms working on the actual sensor itself on the camera itself the focus speed is drastically improved the tracking ability is drastically improved i've pushed and pushed the engineers for an actual figure but they're not willing to give a six or yeah. an, an actual number um the proof of the pudding is it is definitely in the eating but all all of the the new generation um focus speed is is much much faster than than the fourth generation interestingly from the xh2 to the xt5 you won't notice any different it's exactly the same in terms of image quality focusing speed it literally comes down to the ergonomics the ability to bolt on additional accessories so the xt5 um only has a metal hand grip option available no vertical hand grip mm -hmm. the xh series has those vertical hand grips both the network version and the standard battery grip and also the cooling fan and because the xh is a bigger camera you can shoot 8k video versus the xt5 which maxes out at 6.2k the interesting thing is i mean you'll get comments saying oh, i wish they removed video completely and and what i find funny about those comments is that people forget that the reason they're able to see the live view on the screen and the viewfinder is because of the video functionality because it's that yeah. constant refresh rate off of the sensor but we've definitely put photography first with the xt5 whereas the the xh's are, are designed for that hybrid shooter so it's both it's two sd cards uhs2 
Yeah. Uh, no, pretty much the only thing that I I didn't like. The one thing that I really wanted to come back, which I don't think they did, which is the um, photometry dial under the other dial. And I think that's a bit of a shame, I have to say, because I, you know, I use that a lot. But I was speaking to somebody else about it, and uh, and they were saying actually they don't use it, but you know they often do end up slipping that dial into you know HDR or, yeah. or something else. You know, so yeah, I I, I think that. I mean, I, I was outraged, I think, is the most polite way. When I first saw it on the X-T4, that still movie dial, mm. the photometry dial had been used. And, and the reply came back and said, how often do you actually change a photometry? And actually, I realized that, that I don't. What I'm, what I'm actually doing is leaving it on spot metering and turning on and off face detection. Yeah. Because face detection, obviously, will will prioritize change the metering so that's what i find that's what my current workaround i've got face detection on one of the function buttons and i switch that on and off and that flips between spot metering and face detection on and off whereas i i'm the other way see i i, I move the meter in regularly and, and typically don't use face detection but there you go yeah. xt5 launched today announced today when when do you think realistically in the uk at least people will be able to put pre-orders in we're, we're expecting obviously retailers to to have their pre-orders live we those orders should be fulfilled from the 17th of november 17th so that's just a couple of weeks away yeah so so right. very very short window time so we're um we've got some touch and try days up and down the country and the the team from from today will have their xt5s as well so um go on to the events page on fujifilm hyphen x um and their team will be able to go and see one of the product specialists liz linda carl or carol and then they'll, they'll be able to get their hands on the xt5 or they'll be able to go into the house of photography and see the xt5 or the new 30 mil macro as well yeah, so the House of Photography, Longacre, Common Garden. Um, that's a great place. I love it there. Even if you just kind of go and experience it, but you'll be able to touch and try all of the all of the, the stuff that they've got there. A real treat for for uh, people. The the gallery has been converted into a winter wonderland. So um, nice photo opportunities and what have you to just people to enjoy free of charge to enter. So yeah. Well, I haven't got any weddings really coming up. Do you need a Father Christmas? I don't think your beard is big enough yet. <laughs> Five quid an hour. That's all I charge Father Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just mentioned the 30 mil macro. That's the other thing that's been announced today. Is it a 2.8? It's 2.8. Bit of a stealthy one. Um, I I only first saw one last Friday because our samples were lost by the logistics company coming into the UK. So I haven't seen our samples until last Friday. The great thing about the 30 mil macro is that it's a one-to-one. It's got an equivalent focal length of 46 mil. So almost a standard field of view close focusing down to 10 centimeters weather resistant linear motors so really quick to focus and 600 quid so if you're if you look at our macro lineup we've got the 60 mil which was launched when the original x pro one was launched which still stunningly sharp and what have you but slightly slower to focus got the 80 mil which is an absolute peach of a lens but you really need to be into your macro yeah justify that because it's like 1100 quid and then you've got this 30 mil macro which which i i believe fits into the kit bag of of most people because of the fact that one it can be used as a standard lens when it's not macroing mm-hmm. um, and two it's got that great close focusing ability so at a price point of, of 600 quid so if you're thinking of dabbling into macro and going yeah i wouldn't use it a lot but actually you can just use it as a standard lens when it's not being used as a macro yeah, it's pretty versatile by the sounds of it. And, and I yeah. can see people using it for filming as well, actually, at that mm. focal length, because they can get get typically get closer 
uh, yeah. you know, than they would normally be able to with like the, the 33 lens. And will that work with the extension tubes as well, do you think? Because of the how close the focusing is, it won't need the extension tubes and it won't really work with it because the minimum object distance goes to behind the front element. Oh, you can't okay. get close enough to it when you've got the extension tubes. Well, I think that's that's a good lens as well. I think that seems weird to have. Add to your kit bag. All right. So, uh, so I made a prediction before we we earlier in the show. I said to Neil, I think the XT5 will probably will potentially be the biggest selling camera Fujifilm I've ever had. What do you reckon? Um, I, I think that it's close to uh, X100V. It sells a lot. Doesn't sell anything at the moment. You can't get them. <laughs> Yeah, but demand is high and what have you. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would say that I would say that yes, I, I think the XT5 will be the best selling um X series camera that we have ever made. Um I think that the camera that will come sort of like closest to it will probably be either the XT3, which is obviously now gone, or the X100V. Because again, the X100V appealed to all the previous generations. There was a reason for all the previous generations to upgrade, be it resolution, be it the newer sensor, be it the slight weather resistance, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We think the XT5 ticks exactly the same boxes for XT1, 2, 3, even XT4 users to upgrade. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, we think that it's a great camera for the Fujifilm lineup. But also we think that there is no other camera like it in the market which puts photography first like the XT5. Um, I would challenge anyone from any other brand to disagree with me. And in terms of uh, colour, silver and black, is that right? Black, black and silver, yes, in, in three variations. So body only, 18 to 55 kits and 16 to 80 kits. And, and do you know what the price points of the kits are? So the kits, the 18 to 55 kit is 2049 and the 16 to 80 kit is 2199. They're both pounds. And, and they'll be available roughly the 17th. Exactly the same time, yeah. So, so they'll be available for pre-order from the moment you're listening to this and on sale from the 17th of November. And did you know that it's a tickety-tock sensation, the X100V? Apparently I, I got told about that usually. yesterday and I, and I was trying to find one, but X100 is one of the, the, the rare cameras that, that I don't have in my Fujifilm collection. So yes, I, I have seen that the TikTokers are, are praising the X100 for its filmic look mm. in both camera and output. There you go. <laughs> there might be a future for you, Kevin, as a TikTok star. Oh uh, yeah, I'll just dress up as Father Christmas and do it. Yeah, hold my camera vertically and, and hold my camera. Good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, all right, perfect. Thanks, Andreas. Um, and uh, yeah, as we said, XT5 and the 30 mil macro lens are available uh, to pre-order from today, 2nd of November, 2022. Andreas will be with us uh, on and off over the next couple of weeks while we um, dig into our trip to Tokyo, um, which was as much informative as it was enjoyable. Uh, thanks to uh, Andreas for uh, for sharing all the deets on the uh, the XT5, and that will be one in your bag, won't it, Kev? Without a doubt. Uh, yes, probably. I need to sell some stuff, mm. like a child and a horse. But yes, <laughs> I probably will at some point. Your XH2S. Would you mind uh, just send it down the road the road to me because I need the second body. I'll put it in my cupboard here, along with your 35mm, and mm. pretend I don't have it. And mm. then you can continually ask me for the next year, have I got your XH2S? And I'll say, no, Kev, I, I've, I don't know where that would be. Have you looked everywhere at home? <laughs> yes, I can imagine this happening, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I probably would swap the two, yeah. in fairness. 
Yeah. Anyway, right. So. Questions. Book of face. So, uh, by the way, uh, Andreas will be back with us next week, hopefully. Um, two weeks. All things being equal. Two week, weeks. Sorry, week, yes, two weeks. Week and a half. Actually. Bi-weekly. Yeah. No. What are we? Bi-monthly. No, fortnightly. Fortnightly. Yeah. Uh, together, when together, we together. Um, we discuss the factory tour, um, we have some audio from that, uh, which was very very nice. Um, but we'll get into that uh, in two weeks' time. So we get to hear you on the factory tour. Yes. It will be almost as if I was there. Yes, but unfortunately. You won't. <laughs> uh, which is really sad, actually. But um, yes, so he will be back over the next few weeks, probably, as we, we pile through the audio yeah, that we yeah. we did ultimately go to Japan to get for yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Wow. Um, and before I go to the Book of Face, we have a few more patrons to just say thank you very much to uh, Greg Pedder, Daniel Ellis, Clinton Woosley, Ron Whiteman. Thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. You too can support us on Patreon if you so wish. And... Uh, for your um, support, you get our love, uh, <laughs> our thanks, and you get patron pop-up. Yes, and actually, we've um, we've decided that the next patron pop-up, which is on Monday, uh, which will air Monday on our Patreon channel, will uh, well, we're going to uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this um, uh, letting computers edit your work and, and and what we feel about that. Right. Book, book of face, Kev. Go on. Nicola Elliott. Yes. Nicola Elliott says, thank you both for an informative and entertaining podcast. I'm not sure. Hopefully she's not listening today because <laughs> I've changed her mind. A uh, question or maybe a discussion point. Uh, when you've edited your raw file, is it necessary, stroke preferable, to save both the original raw file and the edited version along with the finished JPEG? And why do you do what you do? I'm not sure what I should be doing, and so end up with a variety of each image. But I'm beginning to think I'm causing myself unnecessary storage issues. Well, you're not really you're not keeping a, a changed raw and a an original raw because really the raw's the raw, isn't it? I'm assuming you're using something like Lightroom, in which case it's really a, si- a side um, file, isn't it? To, that, that's telling that, that's telling your machine how to output it as a JPEG with all your different changes. So. I'm not quite sure I'm yeah, going so along there. Nicola doesn't say where, what software she's using. Yeah. However, she yeah. is editing raw files. So all raw file editors are non-destructive, yes. which means that let's just say she's using Capture One. So you take your raw file into Capture One, you make your edits, you export your JPEG, and then you give your JPEG to your clients or you stick them on the website or whatever you're going to do with them. Once I've delivered my JPEGs to wherever they're going, I delete them. You don't need, you don't necessarily need to keep them because all you have to do is go back to your capture one and just re-export. Now your mileage may vary because it does depend a lot on how many images you're getting through and whether you'd like to have those JPEGs available to you, you know, at the touch of a button, etc. However, I don't, I always think I can either go to my um, PicTime gallery and download from you know, I've got all my weddings on pick time, so I can just go there and drag one image off if I need it. Or I can just open up the Lightroom catalog. I use Lightroom. We're using Capture One as an example here. You can open up your Capture One. It's not called like catalog and Capture One, is it? Uh, I don't whatever. use it. I'm not quite sure. Uh, anyway, Capture One, you can open it up and just re-export the image again. It won't have changed. So there is, in my opinion, no need to keep the JPEGs once you export. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have a specific reason to do so. Next question. This comes from Shan Tumuk. And then I think we have got a book this week, haven't we? We've got a book. Is there a book? Well, we have got a book. Yeah. Um, but you're not yeah, sure we can about, talk about the book. You're not sure about it. But we also book. will <laughs> want to talk about the GFX challenge. Oh, we do. Briefly. So yeah. should we do the book or the GFX 
challenge. Let's do the GFX challenge because we'll that will run out of time otherwise. And we'll save the book. Okay. People well, we, can, you can win $10,000. Well, we do have a question from, from Shan first. Hi, Kev. Yeah. Hi, Neil. I've been a listener to the show for a while now. I've been trying to figure out the answer to this question via Google before eventually realising I might as well ask the two experts. Well, you can ask Kev and I'll sit here. <laughs> and echo well, what it what it's about. It depends what the question's about. Well, You're an expert in many things. Stand by. I have no idea about. <laughs> I recently switched from Nikon, Nikon, Nikon to Fuji with the XH2, and I've been learning about the differences between Capture One and Lightroom in terms of the way it handles Fuji files and worming. Um, our dog has a problem with worming at the moment, but we do oh, have some nice. tablets for it. Poor My, Barney. Yeah, I know. Does he do that funny thing where he walks on his front leg and, and drags yeah, his ass across the Yeah, floor? yeah. I, I taught him to do that. <laughs> so, no, it's Paul Rogers. <laughs> Stop it, Kevin. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I really no. hope Paul never listens yeah, to it. Someone's going to tell him. Somebody who knows Paul. Yeah, Paul but I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> Because he's my friend, more than your friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true, but I, uh, I love you, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> Mike, I'm lost now with you, with Paul in the pants and the dog with the worming. Um, my question yeah. is, if I'm going into Photoshop afterwards anyway, uh, I do a lot of compositing, does opening the photo in uh, Photoshop from Capture One negate the benefits of doing basic adjustments in Capture One? I.e., will the issues found in Lightroom just reappear in Photoshop again afterwards? Now, I don't use Capture One. <laughs> you do. You're the no, expert. No, and I don't see uh, worms either yeah. in my images. There's so this, worming, this worming conversation has been... I thought this worming thing had disappeared, but obviously not. Well, I think it has. I, uh, so this is my, my take on this. It de I, I have seen it in the early days of the X-Trans sensor. Um, I've seen it in my own images, like on, on the X100S especially, I remember seeing it in like foliage. Those are back in the days when Fujifilm and Adobe didn't really kind of chat to each other much. But since then, I think it's fixed. Honestly, I have to say, I think it's fixed. I have not seen it. I, I don't see it at all. No. I, and I just don't. But enough people have said about it. However, so it mu there must be, you know, it certainly did exist. Whether it exists now or whether it, it doesn't is neither here nor there, essentially. But, you know, what I would say is, you know, a lot of people read this you know, read on the internet about, you know, Fujifilm and Adobe and raw and worms, and they just assume it's there. But what I would say is if you, you know, if you're not seeing it, and I'm not saying you're not seeing it, you may well be seeing it, but if you're not seeing it, don't worry, you know, don't, don't stress about it. It's, you know, mm. I can't see it, no. but no. So, uh, the way that it works currently, although I think in the very latest version of Lightroom, again, I don't know about capture one, but if you send an image, Certainly, if you send an image from Capture One to Photoshop, it creates a TIFF file, which is a ginormous, almost raw-like image with your adjustments. And then if you bring it back, it will still have the adjustments, but it will be a flattened file. So the adjustments you've made will no longer... So if you, for example, if you've increased contrast or yeah. clarity, and, and then you send it off to Photoshop and it comes back as a TIFF file, you'll you'll no longer be able to adjust that it, slider. It's, ba it's baked in at that point, isn't it? Baked in at that point. Now, I think... Uh, and again, I might well be wrong on this, but I think I saw something on Matt Kualowski, probably pronounced his name wrong, channel. He's got a wonderful Lightroom channel, uh, all things Adobe, I think. But he was saying that now, I think, or certainly it might be in the future where you can go from Lightroom to Photoshop and, and it will it will take the raw file rather than create a TIFF file Sorry, and Bob. bring the adjustments back in. 
so there's there's all kinds of things going on with that element of stuff but yeah ultimately if you're if you're going from capture one to photoshop it will create a tiff file or a jpeg or a psd or whatever you set it to create um and it will it will you know if you create a psd i think it will bring it back as a layered psd and then you've got options to go back in but you won't be able to just simply change the sliders again right I think I've. Did you understand? I think I did. But the problem was, I was also. Is Barney scratching his bum at this question? Can you hear him? (laughs) He is. He's actually doing. Barney, stop doing that. Say hello. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Mullins. Woof. Say woof. Oh, no. See, that's typical, isn't it? He barked a couple of moments ago when you probably heard him during that question. Hold on, Kev. I need to let him out. (laughs) Right. I was with you on that question, Kev, but I did get a bit lost when Barney interrupted. Did you solve it? I think you solved it. I think so. Yeah. Yes nearly maybe hopefully um, yes basically there... if you send it there and it comes back then you will not be able to make those adjustments no. you won't be able to change those adjustments but they will be there do you often do that do you send things backwards and forwards between photoshop i, I do from my portrait stuff if i'm doing portraits or i'm doing um like some of the commercial stuff occasionally i'll do that yeah i still prefer the content aware spot healing and stuff like that in photoshop do you? although the latest lightroom that the, the new masking stuff they've got in there is quite clever oh, it's as just well. immense isn't it really i mean mm. uh, being able to i've used it a lot for subjects just picking subjects out during the uh, during portraits much yeah, easier very good i mean that's what they've done with their masking imagine what they're going to do when they get on to imagine dot ai's kind of um game yeah who knows where it'll go <sighs> i mean the two of them together Whew. yeah um, there was, um, before we talk about the GFX challenge, Jeff Regal, um, we didn't mention this. This was this was a comment. Um, uh, I was mentioning it, you were mentioning it, and it wasn't officially a question, but um, it's still sitting here in the inbox. So can we answer it so I can delete it? Um, yes. A question for you about posting photos on social media. Whether it is Vero, Instagram, Facebook, etc., do you like to see single images posted or several posted together in a group real or story and how do you like to post images yourselves as a single a group etc i appreciate seeing a single image so i can spend time looking at it and focusing my attention on it so when i comment i'm commenting on that single photo and not a whole load now i am with jeff on this i I, well i do agree but i also see the reasons for other things so for example my last post on instagram was a series of 10 black and white images right which is a, is that called a reel? Mm, no, a gallery. Did, did no, you, what no, call, no, a carousel. It's a carousel. Ca- carousel, but it's not a reel. Yes. No, you didn't do a no, reel. No, I don't know what that is. So uh, a carousel. So yeah. it's 10 black and white images. That's right. And, they all, and there was a reason that they all work together. And so I put them there. But mostly I just stick one image at a time on Instagram. So I think it depends a little bit, doesn't it? You know, on on what the message is. And, uh, you know, certainly I don't like the way that Facebook does it in that, you know, it makes one up big and then a couple small and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You do, you can pick which is the headline image granted, but then you have to click and all that stuff. I like the way that Instagram does it. You just swipe and, and probably mm. Vero does the same thing. I don't Although know. having having said that, the uh, when when you do it on Facebook, I do, uh, I, I do, when, once you've gone into it, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it does depend on how you're consuming yeah, it as well, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, in Instagram by far, even though the web um, interface is, you know, is perfectly established now, by la- by and large, most people are going to see that on a phone. Um, yeah. So it's very easy because you just use your fingers. You know, it's tactile. It's swipe, swipe, swipe. You're done. Move on. Whereas on Facebook, typically the way that I use Facebook is I, I log on and then I immediately log off again because it makes me depressed. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> no, but like if you go on Facebook, you 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 know you got your middle yeah. scroll thing on your mouse, haven't you? And I just kind of scroll down until I see something that I like, um, and then I might look at it. And you know, I'm do- so I'm doing it right now as I'm as I'm looking through it. And yeah. so there's a couple of things that have popped up that I quite like, and I'll click. And if there's more images, then then I look at it. But yeah, Instagram I think is more because it's just image orientated or mm. videos or whatever you want. Okay. Um, are you likely to use Twitter more? Setting aside your love affair with Elon Musk, uh, I'm noticing a lot more photographers starting to use Twitter to represent their work. Well, I've always liked Twitter. I have to say, this since Elon Musk, love him or loathe him, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But since he's taken over, I have seen a lot of posts on Facebook, ironically, where people are saying, right, that's it, I'm leaving Twitter. I'm not, you know, that's it. Freedom of speech is over, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of sympathise with that view, I have to say, but... You know, then they usually follow that with, it's just full of vitriol and hate and all that kind of stuff. I don't really see that on Twitter. And maybe that's because I don't follow, like I'm not looking at politics and sport and, Mm. you know, that I'm not looking. And I don't, I don't really read the comments (laughs) on Twitter. That's the, that's the thing. So if I see something on Twitter, let's just say it's a link to a, I don't know, a wedding blog by another photographer, then I click on that. I won't sit there and read the comments and get involved in the conversation on Twitter itself. So um, I've always quite liked Twitter. I loved the TweetDeck interface. Um, I don't know how it will, what will happen in the future with Twitter. Yeah. I mean, the easiest, right? So the easiest thing with, with I, you know, I had my Facebook business page. I still haven't got it back. It's it's an orphan page now. What? It's got um, 35 administrators currently, some from <laughs> Venezuela, some from Brazil, some from America, some from well, Afghanistan, you've got and a, they're all you've got a small, peddling you've got spam. A, you've got a small army of, of people working for you, Kev. <laughs> yeah, I you wish they were working for want, me, but yeah. they're not. They're, they're, um, no. they're, they've just stolen my business page. Anyway, that aside, that's another story, but I can't remember where I started that now. Oh, Facebook, Twitter. It was uh, freedom of speech. Oh, yes. So and- the easiest way I th- I feel for the world to solve the social media um, uh, hate, you know, the, the, the element of um, anonymous hate, you know, being able to, a keyboard warrior, hide behind an anonymous thing, is to simply have to use a proof of ID to register. How does that work? Well, I, you know, I want to create a new Twitter account. I've never had one before. You know, I, w- I want to go to twitter.com, new, new account. It says, right, send us a, a copy of your driving license or your passport or your national ID, etc., so we can verify that you're a, a real yeah. human person and, you know, two-factor authentication, etc. That'll get rid of all the bots, get rid of all of the, anonym, all of the anonymous haters because yeah, yeah. they won't be able to do it. What's that new I'd one? I'd happily do that. Uh, I'm trying to think the footballer. Oh, I like the footballer and I can't think of his name. <laughs> What's the matter with me? Gareth uh, Bale. No, not Gareth Bale. He's good. Aaron Ramsey. Uh, Aaron Ramsey I like as well. Anybody that's Joe not, Allen. Anybody that's not Welsh in this list? Joe Ledley. <laughs> ben Davis? No. Reese Norrington Davis. No. No, the Are you sure. No, the one that's got the social media platform that uh, well he's I don't think it's his, but he uh, he talks about social media with uh, a conscience and um Oh, what's his name? I know there's people shouting at us now, Kev, saying it's so-and-so. Hold on. Manchester United. David Cottrell? No. Don't just say names. This is fun. (laughs) Manchester. Wayne Hennessy. No. United player who. Is it Rashford? No, it's not Rashford, but you're getting closer because at least he plays for Manchester United. He's a former Manchester United player who advertises a social media network. I know you'll know it. Well, I know his name when you say it, probably, but I don't know. Oh. You're not giving me enough hints. No, I'm not, am I? 
It'll come to me in a moment. I'll come back to it, Kev. Right. Do you want to talk about the GFX challenge? Yeah. Was it Bobby Charlton? No, it wasn't Bobby Charlton. George Best? No, not George Dennis Best. Law? Not Dennis Law. David Beckham? No, but if he yeah. had a social media network, I bet everybody would join it. It would, wouldn't it? Andy Cole? No. Oh, I know who it is. Who? Ruud van Nistelrooy. No. No, oh, no, I'll do that then. No, no. Uh, yeah, challenge. He was a defender. You mentioned every Rio single... Ferdinand. That's the one. Hallelujah. Oh, there you go. All you had to say was defender. <laughs> Rio, Ferd- Rio Ferdinand's social media. Well, I know it's not his, but he, he advertised it. We are eight. That's it. Oh, that was painful, we wasn't eight. it? We are eight. Okay, so- I'm going to look at that uh, uh, at another time. The social Real network, Ferdinand, by the, the way, was the was a fantastic player. Yeah, the social networks that should have served us now harm us. That that was the that's the tag. We are eight. C- uh, CEO and founder Sue Fennessy sent Rio Ferdinand this video. Oh, anyway, um, it is basically Rio's been calling for social media reform, and yeah, because uh, he he had a lot of. Mm. Mm. A lot of hate, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for him. I, we, you know, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that the, the, like, it's probably too late for us old duffers, but, you know, the, <laughs> the next generation of people yeah. as they grow up will, you know, will have a clean, uh, accessible social media that's yeah. used for the right reason. Well, I, mean, I, I see that. Social media. Yeah, I see this one advertised on the London Underground all the time, and I keep meaning to uh, check it out. So there we go. Okay, if, so GFX, GFX, GFX yeah. Challenge Grant Programme is officially called. We are about to hear a little clip from um, one of the interviews we did in Tokyo with uh, Kunio and Toshia, um, who are marketing um, people, uh, marketing gods, if you like, for the Future Film X series. And uh, GFX Challenge is uh, the reason why we're I'm I'm putting this in now, or we're putting this in now, I should say, is because it has a, a lifespan. I'm not sure exactly when it finishes. I think it is the end of November, might be December. However, you need to get on it if you want to do it. Uh, all you have to do is submit a proposal for a chance to uh, receive 10,000 US dollars for the global grant, 5,000 US dollars for the regional grant. Um, and then they will also, so the proposal, you don't have to shoot anything. You just put the proposal in. This is what I would like to do. Dear Fujifilm, this is what I would like to do. If you could loan me a GFX for a year, this is what I'd like to do. And also I would like 10,000 US dollars for the privilege. Then they pick one and you get 10,000 US dollars for the global grant, 5,000 for the regional. And then you can, they give you a GFX for, I think you keep that for a year or something, a couple of lenses. I'm not sure they give you the whole system. Um, anyway, you can find all of that out on Fujifilm-x.com and you can listen to Toshia and Kunio talk a little bit about it right now. Yes, uh, this is Kunio. Uh, I'm in charge of the marketing of X and GFX series. Two years ago, just I got the idea, original idea of GFX challenge. Uh, let me share my idea, my thoughts about Fujifilm. So I think uh, Fujifilm is uh, not camera brand, but photography brand. So it is a very big difference. Uh, general person, uh, everybody see uh, camera brand and photography brand is almost same. But for me, it is very different because camera brand just produce camera itself. But photography brand, uh, we Fujifilm have to uh, the gear to produce a good photography. So for me, uh, Fujifilm, for Fujifilm, uh, camera is just still a tool, not final production, okay? So I think uh, we have to uh, contribute to the 
photography to save. So just as a reason, uh, we have uh, we have such a such a program to produce the uh, to promote the artists to create new photography, good photography. Okay. So for me, uh, it is to summarize uh, what I want to say is uh, camera as a tool and photography as a, a final, uh, a final yeah, output, a tools and output. Uh, the combination is significantly, significantly important uh, for us, Fujifilm. That's the reason. Okay, uh, this is Toshia, and uh, we also came up with the idea of GFX Challenge uh, grant program because um, uh, through our work, we've met a lot of photographers, and uh, they have a lot of ideas about what to do with the cameras. And uh, we create cameras, and uh, photographers create the art output, final output of it, and they have the ideas. So we wanted to see what kind of ideas photographers have and, and what they can do with GFX system. So, um, so, so it's, it's like we are trying to make a better camera, and, but to make a better camera, we need input from photographers. And what's better than the final output mm -hmm. that's produced by photographers? Then, so so um, so in a way, it's 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 a way f for us to learn what photographers do with that camera, and at the same time, it provides the opportunity for photographers to do what they want to do, the ideas that they have with the grant. Uh, yes, let me add. Mm. So through this project, through this program, so we became to know many many talents have a very good idea uh, to be shown. So, but unfortunately, uh, the such a photographer, such a talent, such a ta creators uh, does not have uh, enough chance, does not have enough uh, budget to realize uh, their own ideas. So that's the reason, that's the reason why we have to produce, why we have to run uh, this project program. Um, so what were, We've, we obviously started the challenge last year. So, what was the, f what's been the thing that's excited you most about the twenty twenty one competition? I think uh, just the fact that we had about three thousand applications from all over the world, and that's more than what we have expected originally. Originally, we were not sure how many people would be interested in the grant program. We weren't uncertain, and. Uh, my goal, or our, uh, what we discussed internally, maybe uh, I'm not sure if I can disclose this, but uh, uh, I think I think our initial goal was 1,000, and so that's three times more than what we yeah. uh, 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 in the end. So that's that excited me the most because there are a lot, uh, uh, many photographers and videographers. They were eager to create something. And, and we provided the opportunity for them, and that's what excited me the most. Almost the same as Toshia. So to pick up, to choose 
just five or ten uh, works uh, is very hard. So because so this is uh, not existing works. So just upcoming the pictures and visual communication. Yes. So that's the reason. Mm. So we have to we have to see the potential. So how do they for the challenge this this season, if you like? How do they how do they get these proposals to you? And what happens at the point of success if they are successful? We had a landing page on our website, and uh, only way they could submit their their ideas is through the web. So uh, that's the same this year again. But uh, so if they have an idea, they put they put it together as a PDF mm -hmm. and just submit. And then the how long does the program run for this time? Um, last year we started in November and ended the application period in top of January 2022. Okay. And this year we started on September 8th. Mm -hmm. And then we are running, currently open, accepting entries uh, until November 30th. Okay, so there's still time. Yeah. And the prize is quite spectacular. <laughs> That's good to hear. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we offer um, for Global Grant Award, we offer uh, US $10,000 and uh, GFX system as a loan. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we also... Uh, as a regional grant award, we are, uh, we offer f U.S. five thousand dollars and GFX system. So I, I I just wanted to ask. It's not really a um, GFX challenge thing, but as it's the tenth anniversary or thereabouts of the X series, one of the one of the questions we had earlier that we were speaking was it wasn't a question. It just simply said, "I don't have a question, but just tell them that I love them or that we love them." Okay, from uh, one of the listeners. So you must be really proud of the last 10 years. And uh, as you know, I, I had the original X100 and here we are 10 years later and everything is different. Um, how do you feel about that? How is that in your mind? When you wake up in the morning, you must just think, wow. At the beginning of X series, X mount. So I have a kind of repulsion. Mm, it is a heart against uh, existing camera brand or existing camera systems. So. That's the reason uh, we started our original unique ecosystem. But at the beginning time, beginning phase, so most of the users, just a few, uh, most of the users does not like, does not like our new, new solutions. So my 10 years is just to make friends who love Fuji X series, who is a friend of uh, Fuji films. Mm. So very, very long, uh, long days. But for me, it is very fast. Mm. But uh, and you must be really proud, though. Mm. You know, because the, like every time, every time, everywhere. So I met, I, I meet uh, new users, uh, new friends. Uh, thanks to our friends in Japan, and of course, if um, you are lucky with that GFX challenge, lend us a fiver. No, what, yeah. a, what, what, what a, what a great opportunity, Kev. Are you going for uh, it? Uh, you, why, why not? You should do it. Everybody Are should do it. Are we allowed to? Are we allowed to? You put the proposal in. Are we a little bit too close to the, the organiser? Well, I mean, we're not officially, we're not sponsored, but I mean, it's not a Fujifilm show or well, anything. There's only two asterisks, 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 asterisks. Yeah. There's only two stars underneath all of the T's and C's. It says star, no mm -hmm. purchase necessary to enter or win. 
star a total approximate retail value of all grant awards offered in connection with this program is usd two hundred twenty nine thousand five hundred dollars there we go so it doesn't say anything about you or me not entering no well you can hear Um, i just sent my email off as you were saying it (laughs) (laughs) so they did it last year as well um so those the the, they, they select more than one it's not just one winner. So they select, I, I don't know exactly how many, but they select. So those projects are going on now. So the ones they selected from last year, they are now out doing their projects and there will be an exhibition and all oh, that kind of stuff. Fantastic opportunity. So they're running it again. Yeah. Right. I tell you what, Kev, the, the time has gone past so quickly today. Our thanks to pick-time.com for supporting us on the show. If you want to be a part of um, the offer that they have, what do we do, Kev? Uh, Yeah, pick-time.com, use the code FUJICAST, all capitals, and uh, your life will just get better. (laughs) It's that official. Your life will just get better. Um, We'll, we'll of course, link to it on the the show page as well. And that's it, Kev. Hasn't time flown? Yes, it's flown since 4am this morning when I got up. I know. Have you got another early one tomorrow? Uh, no. What does the rest of the week look like for Mullins? Uh, I've got a busy rest of the week. I've got interviews to do. I've got, um, uh, judo tomorrow night. I've got competition on Saturday. I've got, um, my radio show is coming back online. Are you getting a belt on on Saturday? Are you, are you, Mm, I've got a win. I've still got to win three more. I need another 30 points. So it depends on if I... And even if I do do that, I then have to go and do the theory and the exam. And all that stuff. So. You have to do theory as well. Oh yeah, you need to do a two-day theory, and then you have to do a test on that. And the, wow, well, it is yeah. involved. It's- all right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, if you would like to send in a question, we do we do need them. Um, Book of Face has not been so uh, busy of late, has it? Uh, no, I wonder it why. hasn't. So we do have some questions, though. So there's no urgency, but if you want the show to continue, put your questions in. <laughs> You're a real threatener, you are. Threatening. And uh, Patreon pop-up will be available next. on next week next for week. the yeah. on Patreon. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Maybe we should talk about trousers and pants. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Paul Rogers on. No, stop it, Kevin. <laughs> it's spare. I'm the one that carries the spare pants. He's the <laughs> one that carries the spare trousers. Uh, <laughs> I'd just like to underline that. Um, and if you'd like to send a question in via email, it's click at fujicast.co.uk and we will see you. Well, it's not exactly a fortnight, actually. It's a, it's a week and a half because we held back to this Wednesday for the, um, for the embargo. So we'll see you then. Bye, Ken! The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.